This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Andor the Relentless, the show where we relentlessly talk about Andor. I'm Arzu, and with me are Candace. Hello there. Maggie. Hello there. Norhal. Hello there. And Brad. Hello there. So we are talking episode 11, Daughter of Ferrix, <laughs> penultimate episode. Everyone, I think, is an emotional wreck. This is one of those episodes that felt so fast that it was over before I realized it was over. As it, like, I don't know. I was like, kind of ready opinion. for another hour of it, but yeah. Okay. Do you remember last opinion? week? Oh. Go ahead, go ahead. Say I was again. just gonna say they should they should have done the penultimate and the finale together. Yeah, because this is like, like they should have yeah. like because I shotgunned them together and they fit so much better as one single story. So I highly recommend people watch rewatch this before they or yeah rewatch this. I would agree with that to the finale because it's like straight into it. Same feels like the inhale, and we don't have the exhale until next week. Yes. So, Candace, what were you gonna say? Oh, last week we were discussing whether Marva was gonna survive the season. Oh, and it's just like it opened womp, up, womp. and I'm like, "There we are." Uh, another uh, dead mother in Star Wars tally added to the board. Unfortunately, oh, no. at the uh, very least, tragic. Though, we gotta see her interact with her child, unlike so True. many other mothers. And we still have Mom Mothma, yes. so there's a little bit of balance there. So yeah, perfectly yeah, balanced. but I don't think the Mon Mothma thing's gonna go well because we don't know, we don't hear anything about Lita. Yeah, we don't know if Mon makes it out of the show either. Brad. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it could be Ma Moon. Ma. Ma. What? It's like, you know how Luke's clone is Luke with two views? So I'm saying like Moon. Oh my God. So it's Moon Mothma that's actually That's no Moon. That's no Moon. That's Moon Mothma. That's no Moon. Oh my goodness. Two minutes in and we're already off the rails. I would not have it any other way. Of course. Yeah, where do we want to start? Sad there? B2 Emo. Sad yes. B2 Emo. Living his up to his, his name. namesake. Before First. the season, I was like, oh, his name is B2 Emo. That's so cute. And now I'm like, this is so emo. Now we know why. And especially because how do we find out about Marva's death is from B2 Emo perspective. And it was heartbreaking, his reaction. It, oh my God. I So emotional. Usually. Like, droids are cute, or they're funny, or they're all that. I have never actually felt sad for a droid before. I want Martha. Yeah, it's just like... I'm sorry. You've never felt sorry for a droid before? Never? Oh. Not really. Okay. I Um, thought they were cute, but... Victory and Death, two droids that are helping Ahsoka out, they literally get, like, executed by the clones, and it's the most dramatically sad thing in the entire world. Yeah, nice. or the death of Mr. Bones in Aftermath Empire. I will say that my mom was like, wait, are droids sentient? Do they have feelings? And I'm like, have you watched C-3PO and R2-D2 for like nine movies and not thought they had some bare minimum of emotions? And she's like, no, I just found in them really Java- <laughs> I was like, <laughs> In Java, droids are literally being tortured. It, okay, so- you're also... Like, either it's a droid that has never experienced genuine sadness, like R2 and C3, or they experience sadness off-screen, but not on-screen. 
I was going to say, R2-D2 R2-D2 has lived with Anakin. He is, like, repressed. He is, like, he feels nothing. That's the thing. He R2 cried when Leia down. died. Okay, but, mm. like, I don't acknowledge that movie, so... I was gonna I say, like, you guys can reference it, but I can't. That is, I, I cried right during there, the right. three like, fake out deaths of C-3PO. No, but you're right, though. He is sad at Leia's death, but the thing is, because it's just like the same kind of ooh that he does, like anytime he's mildly inconvenienced, it doesn't process for me the same way as like B2 emo being like, I want Marva. Where's Marv? Why? Yeah. I don't want to stay here by myself. Like, he sounds wow. so much like a terrified child in a way like that a no false, other droid yes. has. That it just resonated like, with me. The beats no, it, and the boops, like, she can't interpret those at all. Chopper holding Hera's hand after is an anti-droid activist. We are canceling our zoo. I, I have ever felt anything for prior to B2 Emo's BB-8. Oh, like it, the truth is just wow. coming out now. Despite my screaming, wow, wow. Like, wow. Man, this show is relentless. Strong words, breaking my I silence. Just, <laughs> I just don't connect with them. I think they're cute. I think they're funny. I just don't ever feel like everybody start the ours who is over par- party. Oh my god! Hashtag. <laughs> okay, but, Twitter. Twitter still. I mean, well, still. you can't cancel me on Twitter because Twitter's not going to be around much longer. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, I have to like give a huge shout out to Benjamin Karen because the shots of B2 Emo is like unlike any camera work we've ever seen in Star Wars. Yes. It's just like like a what a whiskey shot glass up close, like with the shaking cam and yeah. like the up close eye of like, B2. Like to make it look like he has tears filling up his or yeah. what is it? <laughs> Orbital socket? Is that what yeah. it's called? Perhaps. It was a glass, right? Yeah, it was a glass with like some whiskey kind of glass, yeah. Initially, oh, damn, no, this show. someone used him as a coaster. Like, initially before the glass got pulled away, I thought he was malfunctioning, and that's what it was. Like, he was just so upset that he was malfunctioning, and that just took it to a whole other level. And then I was like, okay, no, he's not crying, but also it's very sad. I think he's scared. I think he's shaking. Like, how a dog shaking. shakes during a thunderstorm. <laughs> like, I think that's what was the reaction of, like, I don't have anybody left. Yeah. That's what so Bucky sad. does. He's half Chihuahua. Yeah. But it, and it was, it was it was nice to see the simple acts of kindness. For, for example, Brasso, how he refers to him. and Brasso is an MVP. Yes. I want Brasso to stay at my place for one night. I don't know. <laughs> B2's a lucky, lucky droid. <laughs> no, but actually, though. Brad's yeah. like, actually, my new hold name me, is Hold me in your large arms. Your large arms. Wow, we're going straight to After Dark already. (laughs) I mean, he was was nice to be too emo. That's all. He gets like 5,000 points. This is why I'm judging Arzu. Wow. It's because I think you can tell a lot about a character in Star Wars by how they treat the droids. Hold on. Wait a second. Uh -uh. What are you going to say? Except Except Obi-Wan. Except Obi-Wan. Except Obi-Wan. Hold on. Hold on. Then Jared has valid reasons for not liking those freaking droids. Yes, no, yes I, but look what he does. I, he gets over it. Say, he had head damage. Like, I did no, not but say he, I hate he, droids. He like, feels something afterwards. I didn't say I hate droids, nor did I say I would mistreat droids. What I am saying <laughs> is that... <laughs> five, five oh. notes app? Message app? No, <laughs> I'm not notes app. Apologizing because I didn't say anything wrong. Me saying that this droid... <laughs> 
is like the first time it's been like a relatable expression of grief as opposed to like C3PO that feels nothing. But we all know how I feel about C3PO. your name, you anti droid. It's not a great way to start your reputation on Mastodon. At this point, just being like not feeling anything because he's like shut down or whatever. And I acknowledge that he's been through a lot, but like it's the same note every time from R2. BB-8 is the closest we have had to a droid with, like, a range of expression. We've got Dio, who's just telegraphing his feelings because JJ felt bullied. Like, <laughs> like tell him. That, like, okay, Chopper expresses stuff in a way I find it easy to empathize with. Chopper literally purrs when he's happy. Okay, yeah. but in Chopper's defense, that is a droid that literally says, Mother, I crave violence. Chopper is a murderous psychopath. But he and has a good heart. Because everybody but he's our that. murderous psychopath. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is fine, but he's still a murderous psychopath. What he if... murders for Hera. He loves her so much. What if I read was raising Jason. a lover's droid story? No, Maggie, what? we went on archive of our own already for the droid stuff. We don't need to go back. Yeah, we're not going back to the Babu Frick <laughs> fix. I'm trying to think of no, the shape of water, but it's not coming to me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, but you didn't relate to that mouse droid and Book of Boba Fett that just, like, shut down? Okay, no, the rabbit droid I actually wrote because that one was, like, outwardly crying. Wait, how do you feel about <laughs> Matthew Barry? This is re- Andor the Relentless, after all. <laughs> Fine. He didn't, like... It's not that I dislike them when they're happy, when they're funny, when they're, like, there. I'm, like, cool, a cool character. I'm talking about, like, when they're upset. But he was never, like, upset. He was just kind of vibing. So I'm like, okay. Turn into the roast of Arzu. Yeah, the roast. Me trying to give this show a compliment, and apparently I'm getting canceled for it. So (laughs) Arzu D2 is canceled. Apparently. Apparently. R-U-S-R-Y. Am I what? R-U-S-R-Y. Are you sorry? No. I'm sorry, because I'm not wrong. What about BD1? You see how excited he is? Like, when he does his little legs? Which is fine. I, it's not that I don't like the droids. I feel like I'm being wildly misunderstood here. Like, I have a droid's name in my online presence. I really like BB-8. I think BD1 is cute. Like, I like all of these things. What I'm saying is B2 Emo is the first time I felt genuinely sad for a droid. That's valid. That's valid. Like, yeah, yeah, like the emotions. I hate all droids. One like, more. Suddenly I became a bigot when, like, <laughs> all I'm trying to say is the droid makes me sad. Okay, to Arzu's point, I think, like, maybe what Arzu, like, I can see what she means. Like, I feel like this is the first Thank time you. where a Star Wars show or TV, or, like, has, like, maybe besides K2SO, like, really L3, yeah. but L3 kind of has some issues with her story. But, okay, but L3, really, like, actively tried to make you feel sad for the droid with the camera work alone. And like, it really. L three is horrific story. Oh, totally. It, oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's I think horrific. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Revolution. It's not even. Yeah, it's not, it's not even sad. It's just grotesque. It's you know? very, yeah. It's tragic. But K 2s is probably the saddest that I have felt for a droid, and like B two is like right there. Yeah. Oh my god! So I, I get your point, Arzu. I'm, I'm with Thank you. you. I'm with you. Thank you. Okay, Brad's canceled too. Someone's got it. Yes! Oh come on! Finally, I can delete my Twitter. Finally. Been waiting for this thing. 
Anyways. 12, nope, 13 minutes in, and... Two out of the five are canceled. <laughs> Let's see if we can get the rest of us. Yes. So, what do we think about this sex tradition of what they do with dead bodies? Wow. I am obsessed with this. And also, I like how, if you look at the previous episode, when we had the Olaf, two different funerary customs, but one, how Olaf passed away as a imperial prisoner, and pretty much everyone is on standing all the prisoners, but there's no, it's just an imperial thing, yeah. just to dispose the body. Whereas here you can see the tradition of Ferex, everyone is standing and they want to follow the customary funerary rites of the breaking, which is... And how Marva died with the fire of the rebellion in her heart. That was also like a contrast. But huh. she died without knowing her son was part of that spark. I know! I know that we have said that by the end of the episode, Marva was a donor, but at least I would have imagined or assumed that Cassian would have that moment of say goodbye to her and he hadn't, unfortunately. I feel like I... it fits. Go ahead. Ma Maggie, then Brad. You're good, Maggie. Okay. Yeah. okay. I feel like it's good that he at least saw her before um, and he had like good memories of her because like clearly her health is deteriorating and like pretty quickly. So I feel like he had, he saw her at a good moment and like he knew that she was excited about the thing that he was responsible for, even though she didn't necessarily know that he was responsible for Aldani. Like he knows that was something that she was excited about. And he can take pride in that, but also just like going back to like the funerary custom, like in general, I think this is so fascinating. And I think any time that we get to see the customs, of different planets in the Star Wars galaxy that we are blessed and so fortunate because okay, yeah. there are so many, so many planets in the Star Wars galaxy, yet we know so very little about them, especially, consider especially considering Star Wars approaches planets as if the entire planet has the same customs and like, <laughs> which has always bugged me, like it, the way that we think of like one single city as the entirety of the planet. And I love that we're getting to see so many different customs from like the lives of the children on Canari to we've seen so much more of Coruscant and that sort of like political intrigue that's at play. Now we're also getting to see like Shindrillion childhood indoctrination customs, like oh. very Handmaid's Tale-ish. Yes. And so we're getting to see like marriage customs basically and funerary customs of different cultures in the same episode. And I think it's so smart and so fascinating, and I have not been emotionally well since reading the tweet on Wednesday morning that Cassian essentially gets turned to dust and burnt at the end of Rogue One, but he never got to become part of the wall on Ferrix. I will never know peace. Tony Gilroy, I am in your walls. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but he became a stardust. He did. Yeah. It hurts. I think what I love most about this custom is the fact that we actually uh, gives the death some meaning a little more because I feel like in Star Wars so much death yeah. just gets 
glossed over breeze past like we don't have a chance to mourn we don't have a chance to like sit with that death and like what it means for our characters like there are times when that does happen but i feel like more often than not it's not the case and so i feel like here we're really like taking time in the beginning of the episode and like the idea that this person is not just written off and lost to the 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 whispers of time but they're actually a part of the town part of the structure it's what the town is built on right like ferrex is literally built on the people not just the ones living there currently but the ones who have come before they're part of the structures like these buildings right they hold up the city so i think there's a really cool symbolism there as well but it also i think allows the characters to grieve in a different way than just like somebody got shot out of a x-wing and well, at it. the end of the rise of skywalker and you're like nice shot R rest in peace snap wexley but anyways my, i digress <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also why the Charles Soule comic is really great. The number 25 where they mourn Snap Wexley at like the fireside in May. So I love it when characters have a chance to mourn and grieve yeah. over like a loved one. Like Jedi Knight. Yeah, yeah, totally. I also love the daughters of Ferrix. The concept yeah. of them is so great to me. Because I don't know if we've seen this kind of like on a like, very micro level organizations on like this community level that take care of each other and i think that's what's so fascinating about ferrix we see that when they all come together to like bang on the walls and bang on the pipes to get the message across to essentially to cassian about the situation in the first three episodes and we see what a tight-knit community they are and like even more so that if you like reach a certain level you get to become a brick in the wall whatever like the custom is and then we have this group that like comes in to take care of people when it's at that time. Like I just, everything about it is so great to me. Like, Hey, I want to see more of this. I, because this is the kind of human interest stories that I often find Star Wars television is lacking sometimes. Because the characters all have names. Yeah. That's that. I just, I keep coming back to that Candace. You bring that point up. Like this show, every single character has a yeah. name has a community, which I think is the most important thing. Like even even they when have we have job. characters, they have jobs, they have purposes, they have friends, they do things after work. Like we have so much of this like it's it fully formed characters. Yeah. And these writers know how to make sure those fully formed characters and their extraneous conversations all still map back into the much larger plot at play, which like we just haven't seen in previous series like obi-wan kenobi got really close like i still think there were yeah. places where we probably could have dived a little bit deeper and gotten some more of that connectivity and like really mapped everything together and it did come together very well it's like we've seen this like it what is it the picture of the horse being almost completed like yeah. you have <laughs> Mando, with the really the detailed head. horse and then by the end it's like a smiley face with a yeah, smiley face. in the reverse it's like it's getting there like this has become like to me the gold standard of what star wars can do because yeah. it's so I, because detailed in one arc for example kinoloi is a great example is a character that we got invested in three episodes yeah and of course we don't know all the pretty teen and light all the details of his life but as a character, we got invested on him by the conversations, like you said, by the performances, the all the writing. So that that's true. But yeah, I think thought as just naming your characters was so important. What's like if this were name? John Favreau writing this What's show, you'd have name? like not Brasso, you'd have like the worker or, or like, human, you know, the, the floor human manager, human number two, Bix and Bix's boyfriend. 
Oh God! So I, it is refreshing. Like okay, these people. Put some honor know. on Tim's name. He was Candace, Dumbo. Dumbo. Oh, I was just saying that I'm not sure if Obi Wan could have done that just because of the spectacle it was supposed to be, and yeah, because it became an event television kind of thing. But I like there was still some some stuff that I wish that we had just gotten like a little bit more. But yeah, no, I love the whole thing with the path and the community of that. So it yes. did. We did get a taste of that, but like yes. Andor really embraced that and embraced ensemble. Cast that was exactly what I was thinking of when I was like, we did get like some of this community stuff, and like I want more of that. I want to see those characters. Yeah. Like it, it went. But I, appetite. I think too many kids though would be like, "Where's Darth Vader? Where's Obi Wan?" Yeah. Because for the Kenobi series, at least, and maybe some grown ass adults too. Yeah, who maybe have YouTube. You mean the ones yeah. that want a General Grievous spinoff show? Good heavens. If oh, we no. had like two more episodes of Obi-Wan, I think we would have had time for that. Yeah. 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 Not the General I... Grievous spinoff show, but like, not the General Grievous spinoff show. No, no, no. no. <laughs> just no, General just Grievous? Yeah. It's just like, he's actually like, on for Tatooine. diving deep into like character stuff, not for General Grievous. I was just like, General a... Grievous is actually on Tatooine the entire time trying to find Obi-Wan at Anakin's lightsaber. You would have all seen me coming unglued in real time. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, like, we as a pop culture society have fallen from grace ever since we dipped below 10 episodes a season yes. for television. It's just not, it's oh, not right. It's not right. I and, like, this is coming from somebody who watched 20, 22 episode lost seasons, like, in their youth, like, religiously every week. Like, basically lost, took up half the year. Big and, fan like, of 23 week TV shows. You know, that was my jam. Spending $100 million feel- on a show that's done in eight weeks. It's like, you can. You don't bring back you can use that hundred million. No, yeah. Bring yeah, like back you... the bottle episodes where you have no budget and you have to focus on the characters and they're in yes. one room the entire time and let us like learn more about those characters. These are my absolute also, favorite episodes. Bring back the filler episodes, like the yes. ones where you like some of your like up and coming writers in your writer's room get to like cut their teeth on like a fun, silly plot that doesn't really yeah. The yeah, Halloween episode, the Green, one, yeah. the episode. one with the Super Bowl. Give me the Life Day episode. Give me the yes. dream sequence. Give me the somebody drank some really bad Chandrillion wine and now they're on a weird trip. Like, but the I, Mandalor- I do- the Mandalorian could do that. Yeah, <laughs> imagine Grogu do a ten first season. Christmas, first Life Day, Aww, first Life with day? like Auntie Finnick and Uncle Boba coming and just you know some having imagine a Life Day party. Mando is very good, no bad day, and it's just like really funny bad things that happen to him, and he just keeps looking at the camera office style. I just think the my my hot take is we could do Mando. Like I I feel like this is an important discussion to have because we are now (laughs) episode eleven, right? Like episode ten is usually like HBO. You're done at you're done at episode like ten. Like we're Mm -hmm. doing twelve episodes of the series. Like not saying every Star Wars show has to have twelve, but I think ten should at least be the expectation. And I think like other creators need to challenge themselves to actually write a script and not just do eight episodes of a lot of action and call it a day. Like actually write a story that can have a script, like and I, not and just I 16 certain, pages. Certain executives need to push back and say, I don't understand this character. What's their motivations? What is the purpose yeah. of the script? Exactly. What is, the what is their name? name? What is, what what is, is their, their name? Every single <laughs> motivation of every character in Andor, whether it's Brasso or whether it's Kino Loy or whether it's literally the other prisoners who are at Andor's table and die. Like, I understand yeah. all of them. We know what and the story is thinking. <laughs> Cyril's mother, who only exists basically within the confines of their kitchen, 
you know what kind of person she is. Exactly. And she has a name. She's not Cyril's mother. It's Edie. Okay. Or Eddie. Edie. Yeah, Eddie. yeah Edie. but uh, Brad has a great point because then we end up like with in pop culture and a lot of spectators and fans are end up with a little bit of just a uh, little bit of media literacy and it's like eh, it's boring and he's like hey dude that's character development for you people want spectacle now they don't they think like those small pew, subtle pew moments like i bet you like the star wars fan derogatory hated this episode of andor because they're like what happened we just had a big prison breakout where's the exactly. big bang and then they get luthan at the end and that's all they're talking about but to be honest with you every time i talk about this episode i forget about luthan because I'm like, the character building in this episode is so good. That's what I, I want to talk about. I want to talk about Cassian learning his mother died. I want to talk about B2 email morning. I want to talk about Cyril's late night Skype call with a mosque. I, I want to talk big after torture. I right. am Those are the things I want to talk about. The fact about. that they don't have good internet service or cell service <laughs> in Star Wars. So like, oh, yeah. Even in Star Wars, the calls drop. I thought he's going to be like, can you hear me now? This is what happens. When the Starlight Beacon goes down, the cell oh. service is bad. I blame the Empire. <laughs> it's it's still in Geos is in the long. ocean, like prodding with an antenna. He's like screwing up every cell service. He's like, trying <laughs> <laughs> to. I've been here for 30 hundred years. <laughs> My petty boy. I love it. Yeah. Oh. So, do we want to talk about Cyril's late night Skype call in his pajamas? So they're basically yes. like planning their January 6th is what's happening, right? Like that's what we've all agreed on. <laughs> I, this is like the two, these are like the two incel guys on like the message boards and they're like, I have to turn off yeah, we're taking Andor mic. down. We're taking Andor down. Like, I don't know. Like they're deaf. I love Cyril Karn, but like, this is honestly like, they're two like incels basically. I have never obsessed. seen this much expression out of Cyril Karn until he thought he could like corner Cassian somewhere. Suddenly yeah. this boy is full of life. Who doesn't want to corner Cassian? It's yeah. true. But he These was guys just... are out of control. Also like I get that it was for our benefit to like have what I forgot his friend's name. Mosk? I think it's yeah. John Musk. Yeah, I, think so. yeah. I think it's Mo Mosk. Mo Sergeant Mosk, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mosk. so he's like hearing what Mosk is saying and we can hear what Mosk is saying enough to like parse out what's going on. But Cyril is just hearing something else entirely. He's like, they're on Ferrix. And he's like, Cassian? And I'm like, that's not what he said. And I get that the intent is that Cyril's not hearing it, but we obviously have to hear it because we need to know what's going on plot-wise. Mm -hmm. But I did think that was very funny. But I'm like, Cyril, just, baby, just listen and stop talking. <laughs> exactly. And also, well, too, one parallel with Cassian that both were taking things out of a box. True. Private box. Little box. Mm -hmm. I would just love to know, sorry, this is more Cassian than Cyril, but I would just love to know how Cassian, like, snuck into that hotel room to get his box while two people were sleeping. Okay, wait, he's Diego Luna? Yeah. He joined them? And then they fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, we were watching you for... Yeah. He's like, I was watching you from really? across the bar. <laughs> yes. He's like, can like, we vibe? go back to your place? I'm just going to go in the bathroom. If you hear a metal box being clanged around, just ignore it. That's how it's I get started. Be on a step stool. I know. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, uh, like a friend says, yeah, the people, the, the workers, they don't clean up there. Clearly, so. like, yeah. nobody dusts up there. 
then again, I guess if the Empire is rounding everybody up, they don't have a ton of people around. So True. I agree. Yeah, but also another act of kindness from the fishermen with Melshi and Cassian. Yeah, so let's back it up and talk about Melshi and Cassian's arrival. Another and- example of why colonization is... Ugh, this show is so good. So good. <laughs> and honestly, do you blame them? Like, the Empire has the worst reputation, especially yes. with, like, non-humans. Naked, if they even yeah. took them, like... They probably would be in prison too or just killed. They're not going to get a reward. That's what happens when nobody trusts you, Empire. Native populations being slaughtered and damaged and ecosystems damaged by the Empire. But I love the callback to The Force Awakens where they're running through the cut jumper and reminds me of Jen. For a minute, I said, oh my God, I hope it's not blown up. But fortunately, it wasn't. Han just left the Falcon Park there. They were also Rogue One Glepshittos, so I appreciate that. Who was? The Norkinians. Oh, the fishermen. They're like unused character designs from the Rogue One guidebook. Oh, Um, that's cool. Yep. I liked seeing the quad jumper again, too. That was nice. Nice TFA callback. Ray's running to the quad jumper. It's about the lore. While we're on Cassie and Melshi, do we want to talk about the phone call in the sunset? I need to sue for emotional damage for the bro one callback of him looking on into the sunset or the sunrise. Who knows? I don't know the solar movements and on Nymos, but him standing on a beach staring at the sun hurt me. Also, to go back to me saying that he's an anti-hero boy, he stares directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. Thank you for that, Tony Gilroy. Also, the bit about him calling home and like wanting to tell Marva, like tell her she'd be proud of me, mm. which is I, what <gasps> he said to Jen about her dad. So, and that's a, a highlight because it's okay. He he learns about her death, and they walk and they split. But he, this that shot of the sun across the water, and like fast forward, we have both of them and Scarif watching the sun, not the sun in this case was the freaking that star, but across the water, and he feels the same. Like it was what he thought Marva would be proud of him. So it's like he sees. I think he sees he so much of himself. Yeah, no, exactly, Candace. He sees so much of himself in Jin that he like knows what Jin would want to hear from her dad. And he knows, I would want to hear this from Marva, so I'm going to tell Jin what Marva could never tell me. And this you know, is the so. beauty of some yeah. fantastic writing because this is, this is poetry. It rhymes, is well-connected, is not just some random Easter egg just because fan service that would uh, run the it, Yes, It doesn't rhyme to the point where it's so in your face. It's exactly. subtle rhyming. It's rhyming. a rhyme. It's not copy paste. It's not copy paste. It's mm-hmm. not giving a chewy a metal. It's yeah. It's not a callback or a call forward. It's just a connection. Connection. Yeah. One thing I found extra devastating about this is when we have scenes like this where it's like so and so would have been proud of you. So and so would have whatever. There's like a reoccurring idea with characters like this where they have saved the world but they still don't think that they're deserving of anybody's praise or pride 
and somebody's like, they would have been proud of you for what you did, like this person who was gone. But this is Cassian's moment of like trying to claim this much worth and pride for himself and being like, I think my actions would have made my mother proud. Yeah. And they're like, actually, she's never going to find out. Especially and that makes because, it so yeah. much worse to me. It's so heartbreaking because by that last conversation they had, he can hear how inspired Marva is for this act of rebellion, the Aldani heist. But in in his mind, and unbeknownst to her, it was he was part of it. But for him, it was just a robbery. It was just something. Yeah, it was not really. Ah, oh, this is the strike towards the empire, defeat the empire. So it's totally heartbreaking. Anyone else want to? Uh, yeah, I think I think even though like Marva never is gonna see the man Cassian would become, I feel like deep down she knows. Probably, like I feel she's raised him right, and so she knows the values that she instilled in him. So I think like that last conversation that they have is important because I think that's as much as she can tell her to convince him of changing course or like changing his path a little bit more than just running away forever and hoping the empire doesn't catch up to him. I would imagine she died feeling like she did as as much as she could and like she knows the good in Cassian so it's up to him just to make that final choice and turn towards a path of like actually helping people and not just like running for the door yeah. I don't know Anyone else? she's at peace with that yeah yeah no comment alright while we're on Ferrix and before we jet off to Coruscant do we want to talk about Bix I know I was I was thinking kudos to Adria, Adria because she did a fantastic job to see the expression on her face of the impact of the torture and I was talking to Alice and her podcast about it that before we have seen several acts of torture across Star Wars media but see that like the direct aftermath or to see such a tension to that the, the level of attention that was really impacting in my opinion yeah, if you think about like Leia and A New Hope, she gets tortured. We're just told that she got, she got, she didn't do anything. She was fine. Yeah, Hera is drugged and it's paid for laughs almost. Yeah, Rebels. I'm thinking of like Jesse and Clone Wars. He's um, like obviously like exhausted, but there's nothing really. Han and, and Fire back. Strikes Back. Yeah, well. we hear yeah. him screaming, but like uh-huh. he's fine. He's ready for carbonite. Yeah, I think, but. The it's important recent. to see there's lasting damage because there's this is a very traumatic thing to happen. Yeah. It just shows how devastating the Empire is. I think the more recent Star Wars becomes and the more like today it is, the less they are afraid to like really examine that. Because in like A New Hope, if you pause to examine the trauma that torture had on Leia, you got to pause for like half an hour at least to yeah. examine that. Like in... Clone Wars the, or Rebels or whatever, like those are twenty minute episodes. We don't have time to stop, but they take the, their time with this. In the A New Hope radio drama, they go through parts of the torture, and it's like as horrific as they can for something that children are going to listen to. I think it's one of the the Queen's books. I want to say the I don't know Queen's Peril, whatever the second one is, where one of the handmaidens is getting tortured on Naboo, and they mention it in the book, but in the audio book. Out of nowhere, you hear somebody screaming Whoa. completely unprepared. And yeah, 
I think that's maybe an example of how not to do that because that's for younger readers. I agree. But because this is an adult show for adults, they can really go there. Yeah. And then finally, we got a visual appearance of Anto Grieger after being mentioned in him. Mm-hmm. We did. And I saw the tweet from the person that was the visual reference for that. And that was awesome. It's one of the people on the VFX team. Nice. That, oh, that's that cool. they digitally used his like physicality for it as a surprise for him. So that was cool. And I also like, love that he was like. Involved. I love that he was like, now all of the bald, beefy guys have somebody to cosplay at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> nice. All right. Anything else on Bix or are we heading off to Chandrilla? Just a comment. Just a comment. Next week. Just a comment on when you mentioned the Brick's uh, funeral, but how Deidre briefly appears and she mm-hmm. authorizes, but just as a plan to lure Cassian and yeah. catch him there. It's very brilliant in its uh, in theory. Don't know yeah. how it's going to play off in practice, but I guess we'll find out. Yep. So to Coruscant, to Mon Mothma, oh. to Leda, who puritine somebody. This Can I just puritine youth? Yes, this is so puritine. Oh my gosh! Can I just say like what's even worse about this for Mon Mothma is because she feels like so much guilt for having to force her daughter into this situation, but it's not like she realizes it's not even that she's forcing her into the situation because this is something that she's embracing. And it's like, no matter how much she has seen how bad the relationship is between Mon and Perrin that were forced in this situation, she's still choosing it for herself. And that makes Mon Mothma's decision so much worse because her daughter is going to see it as a good thing, Mm -hmm. no matter how much guilt she carries. She's been like, yeah, arrange marriage. Like, no. And honestly, this is something that we see a lot just in history is people rebel against their parents. The In the 80s, we had the yuppies who were raised by the hippies, the yeah. free love generation. Each generation overcracks from the last. And that's what Lita's doing. So it makes perfect sense that she's embracing It's so this. ingenious. It's not even, it's not just an overcorrection, although I will say on this last shipper boom Gen Z TikTok note is that Lita definitely harasses ETL shippers on every conceivable platform, but 100% 100 runs an anti-Raylo blog anyway. So it's actually called Raybo and this, like, this is actually their, their Paula novella is about Ray and Kaibo. Not Kaibo. Kaibo. It's Raybo, nasty little Raybo no. shippers. 45 minutes, and we met Jen. No, but here's the thing. We don't count those first 10 minutes of harassing Arzu over exactly. droids. Canceling me. Yes, we do. <laughs> that is waffle gold right there. So and here. I'll be posting expert excerpts of that to let Out of context. Know. Do it. Please Out do of it. content, then. Arzu is over party. Hashtag. So anyway, um, so Kaibo Ren. Here's the thing with Lita, my serious thing, and then we can go back to roasting me. Her thing is not only a generational overcorrection, it's also something we see a lot of in expat communities when whole families have moved away from home and the parents are like, new place, new opportunity, let's embrace where we are now. And the kids, in an effort to feel connection to where they're from, will embrace their culture. And sometimes it's like they're going to learn how to dance or they're going to learn how to cook or they're going to bring the... What? She said she found the elder herself. Like the Shandalian elder to teach them. She is like, it's like when I see with 
some Iranian people, not a lot. I'm not painting us all with the same brush, but there are some who moved out of there, moved to North America, and brought some very patriarchal bullshit with them. Because this is how they feel connected to home. And I'm like, you could have left that behind and brought something more fun. But anyway, so that's what Lita reminds me of. Yeah, it's a lot like with at least my personal experience is my father is an immigrant and he wanted us to be very American. He's like, you were born here. We're embracing this. He didn't want me to feel like the other. The thing is, you still become the other as a kid. Everybody else and makes you feel like the other. You might as well embrace exactly. it. So yeah, you want to embrace it. So totally get where this kid's coming from. I really hate seeing the hate for her because she's literally a child. Yeah, she's just... The only children we can hate are the actual real-life Puritans. Yeah. Like, I get where she's coming from, but also what she's doing is extremely creepy. It's yeah. Handmaid's Tale. But look at her parents. Can you blame her? A little bit. I'm going to yeah. say something really controversial. I don't think Perrin is a bad person. I think he mm-hmm. is. Hashtag Maggie is over party. I, I'm ready to be over. Second one. Oh, I'm third. I was re- I've been over so many times. Try to cancel me. I'm so many times. The Swifties were trying to cancel me today. I say, yeah. The teenagers. The teenagers what, who were. Co- what did you do? Why? All I said was that I thought that her statement was not all that. That she made about the Ticketmaster thing. <gasps> oh my and god, like, Maggie. How dare you? I got how called an you? ugly old hag multiple times Whoa. by teenagers. And then they got mad at me for calling them teenagers. And I was like, the shoe fucking fits. Sorry, you can bleep me out there. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, I was reading a really interesting interview that Tony Gilroy did. It was either with the New York Times or a larger like trade. And he was talking about how Perrin is actually his favorite character because he's not particularly like a bad person. He's just apathetic and he's just here to have a good time and like whatever he like whatever works for his favor, like whatever. He's just here to have parties and have a good time. And I don't necessarily think he's a bad dad. I think the way that he's trying to pen things against Mon is not cool, but it also feels like that whole family is just broken. And so the alienation is there either way. Like, I feel like Mon has probably definitely had her fair share of like snarky comments about Perrin. I'm sure they've openly fought in front of Lita. And like, I think there's a lot of that, you have a strict dad and a, a strict mom and a cool dad and mm-hmm. you're going to have a daughter that is pushing to see which parent she can like hurt with her actions because she wants the friction that's between her parents. Like she wants to like when there's so much of that like friction between parents, like the children often don't get the kind of attention they're looking for. So they act out. And I think that's what we're seeing through her. And the way that, I don't know, I just, there's a lot to this situation that I think is just so fascinating, especially since Mon says this isn't something that even parent would want. Like, he's not into this either, really. Because that's what Mon said, too. She was, like, surprisingly open-minded about it. Like, if Lita Mm -hmm. said no, then he would have been like, cool, that's a no. Yeah. Like, I think that, again, I think this just goes back to the way that Andor has tried to show us, like, people aren't exactly black and white. Like, there's this very middle of the road personality and it's aggravating because we are such a society that looks for the extremes of either side and it's really hard to see somebody who's just like I'm just here to have a good time like it doesn't make him a bad person it makes him a grating person but like that's more often the kind of people you run into in real life what I don't get about what Lita was doing 
is okay. She's like pushing back against her parents. She wants this arranged marriage. Cool. Not cool, but like whatever. Your choice. But what the hell are they doing in that room? They're just like reciting the same thing over and over again. And it doesn't even seem to be particularly about anything. It's yeah, a summoning it spell it. to resurrect like Solo. Yes, said, yes. Not, I, not I, Lita. She's an auntie. It's basically like True. Catholic catechisms. Yeah, it's just religion. <laughs> it yeah. reminded me of the fate of the seven in Game of Thrones when they got really radical Mm-hmm. High Sparrow and such. Thanks. It's so fascinating that like we can I, have these conversations with Star Wars. And I want to like again. We've been talking about Stellan and Forrest and Andy, but Genevieve O'Reilly. Oh, the she's so way good. her eyes were like full of fears. Yeah, that's Can't so see. good. Totally agree. She's so good. We should get a Mom Mothma series. I, I don't know who tweeted about it, but I would love. Yes. Jordan Mothma post Return of the Jedi. Right. I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. So, who, was that Jordan I, Mason who tweeted that? I think it was think Jordan so. Mason. Okay, yeah. 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 I, I totally be, agree with that. It would even be cool to see her like the Gilda and Rosencrantz, but like not quite as silly, but like what she was doing during the original trilogy since she was only introduced in Return of the Jedi and just seeing like what is she doing? Like, don't have any Han, Luke, or Leia in it. No. So maybe you get close to that time period, people want robot Luke. I also love... I'm ignoring the robot Luke thing. <laughs> don't want to see it. I also love that this adds even more context to Beth Rebus's book with Mon being like, I'm making you guys go on this honeymoon. You're gonna go. Like, yes. because she's had such a terrible marriage. Like, the idea of these two kids that fell in love in the midst of a war. Like, go have your happy ever after. And, and she yes. was buying a gift for baby Ben Solo. I know, she just, wants, she just wants them to be happy. Which is why I'm like, Lita either does not survive, or she is not speaking to her mother. Like, estranged, totally. She's really radicalized, and off yeah if she gets married and just dips then that honestly if she's in that toxic household that's probably what she wants to do she's like i want out of here she's a mafia bride now oh (laughs) like what she's like michelle pfeiffer in a scarface she's living a wattpad (laughs) i'm just thinking it's like space new jersey space new jersey (laughs) What do you mean, like space? She's, New so actually, Wait. she's she, that's where the mafia is. Anyway, oh. she's on Real Housewives of Space, New Jersey. Real Housewives of Chandra. Like, she's gonna have Likewise. even bigger hair. Bigger hair. Wow. Because she's, she's gonna have that like orange tan, big old yeah. fake long nails that tap on everything. With the hoops. The big hoops. Yeah. Like the fur collared coat. Really I'm alarmed tight. that Lita Mothma suddenly turned into Snooky. Like, <laughs> oh my god. We should just like post out of context Geeky Waffle recording and his fiction of Lita and Snooky in the same. Like, what do these two characters have in common? Yeah. Listen to Space Waffles. Brad is so done with the Jersey Shore house. <laughs> right. like, I don't know if he's frozen or he's like no. done with us. He's just done. He just, what just happened? This happened with Owen. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just got a text about Zendaya and Tom Holland apparently breaking up, and I was really upset. What? No! Love is dead. No! This is just another shitty week in this world. <laughs> so good with Harry Styles being single again. I was trying not to be distracted, and I saw it. I was like, 
know. Anyways. Baby. I don't believe it. Who should break up as mom and parent. I can't wait for the divorce episode. Season two. <laughs> you know what's going to really happen is that she's going to be found out and she's going on the run and she's like, peace out, Farron. They'd never see each other again. The only reason she got hardcore into the rebellion was to get away from her husband. Yeah. She's like, there's no divorce in Chandela. This is the only way. Yeah. I'm a fugitive now. No, you stay where you are. You stay. I'll go. Runaway wife. All right. So I guess that's on to the last scene of the episode. Luthan and Saw and all that good stuff. And just a baby boy. Briefly mentioned Clea uh, and Bill. Yes, Clea and Bill. Mm. I forgot about that. That, that interaction, especially because we see Clea, I think for, I have this impression that Clea is more radicalized than Luthen at a certain mm-hmm. extent because you see that she's really like this, uh, she's really strictly following this, the spy codes and all the ways that they have interacted. So, I see that interaction between them and there's certain stress between them, like Belle bringing up, oh yeah, I give you guys Aldani. And that what was... The, what have you done? And she's like... Exactly. It's like, I can't remember what she... What Clea's answer was, but it was really good. She says lately, I'm, or she says, I don't what have What have you lately? done lately? I have, I have yeah. always... I'm like, I'm plates spinning and knives on the floor and windows or faces at the window and you're just one of them or something yeah Clea, like we talked about this last week Clea is very Saul Guerrero like I'm doing this it's gonna get done she's like the mm-hmm. devil in his shoulder she's got Luthan on a leash yeah in my opinion yeah we thought Luthan was in charge but no it's Clea this entire time Luthan's oh, yeah. too a uh, mastermind out there yeah, which leads so, us to the Luthan so and Sagarera. Such a freaking great scene again. Like, how were you blessed with this? It's fantastic. It's just amazing thinking about, like, Saul, like, was his character in Clone Wars for a few episodes? And, like, how far this character's come? And, honestly, you don't need to know his Clone Wars backstory to understand this character. You can just see Rogue well, One. I just need him. to clarify that Brad delivered fake news. That is a fake Twitter account that announced that pretending to be pop based thank you brad why don't you do your research before you scare okay (laughs) does this mean i'm no i already been canceled once this episode so it doesn't matter i can just no two l's okay so just all the way so only me and can't in this remain yeah we're we're unproblematic for now we'll find something by the end of the episode do you not want to like cancel for bringing up ben solo again or so two yeah. more role boy. Yeah. But yeah, Sagarera. Yes, Sagarera. I agree with Candace in that you don't need his rogue not his rogue one, his Clone War story to get who he is, because I had not seen the animated stuff. That like I had not seen that far into the animated stuff when I saw Rogue One. So I didn't realize that Sagarera was Sagarera is my again. baby boy. Deception. No, he's never done anything wrong in his entire life. I friendly reminder that Clone Wars Sagarera flirted with Ahsoka a little bit. Oh yeah. To say. I can't blame him. Yeah. I really appreciate Wait, how um, old was she then, Candace? That you're saying she was that she 16. can't 
Candace is canceled. Oh, 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 we got her. We got her. If there's more than a two week age difference, it's a problematic age gap. Damn it. Wait, wait, guy to catch a predator. How old is Tom now? Doesn't matter. He's older than her, and therefore it's grooming. Yeah, he's taller than her. That must mean he's older than her. Exactly. Call an ambulance. Call an ambulance. <laughs> but not for Candace. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we got her. Now I'm wa- imagining Saw Guerrero. Yeah, just walking in to catch a predator. He's like, do you know why you're here? And he's like, I said hi to this Jedi chick once. What? Okay. I'm going to look up what year Saw Guerrero was born. It's not on Wikipedia. No. Mm. Okay, soccer or age in Clone Wars. <laughs> he seemed like they were teenagers, him and Stella. You're canceled. Yeah, apparently he was 30 in Clone Wars. <laughs> and flirting with a teenager, mm. Candace is canceled. <laughs> no, Sagarera is canceled. No, because you thought it was cute. So Candace is canceled. <laughs> that was so quick. Candace is like, I'm not gonna be canceled. Anyway, Sagarera and Hoka. reigning champion. She's the only uncancelled yes. one. <laughs> And then there was Norhal. I'm genuinely surprised that he's 30 in Clone Wars. Same. Because, like, Stella is supposed to be, like, she looks, she's supposed to be Lux's age because she gets together with Lux unless she's a predator. Maybe they're both in their 20s. Let's get Norhal talking. (laughs) What, you trying to get her canceled too? Yes! Just so you know, there are five fics on AO3 for Saw Gerrera and Ahsoka. Wow! I really we need to call the police. Of this evening, thought you were going to say Saw and Stila. Like that's really where I thought this was going. <laughs> no, but that's what they want you to think in the episodes is that like Stahl has a thing for Stella, but then at the end it's like, oh no, that was my sister, which is a weird angle to take, Dave Filoni. <laughs> okay, but you know, he it's the Luke, it's the Luke and Leia agenda. It's, it's the Folgers coffee that. agenda, is what it is. It's supposed to make it look like there's this love triangle or rectangle or whatever in those episodes. And it's supposed to be like, oh, look at these stupid teenagers trying to like have a rebellion, but they're all hormonal. But apparently he's 30. A oh. 30-year-old man with teenage friends. <laughs> that is oh, saw, saw. It's glad that Jen got away. <laughs> he said Jen away. The Jean who got oh, away. God. If she stayed around any let's just pretend that Dave Filoni got it wrong because he can't do math. He can do mad. So it was like 22. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope so. Okay, I'm uncanceled then. No, you're, <laughs> no, you're not. Look, so, look, we've been canceled today for not supporting droid rights. Thinking I don't, Karen, oh my God. <laughs> thinking Karen is just okay. <laughs> what was Brad canceled for? Or for agreeing with me? <laughs> yeah. So he's guilty by association. Yes. Also spreading, I guess, spreading fake news. Oh, and I, spreading uh, fake news. Tom Holland news. Tom Holland. In real yeah. time. Yeah. I with the news that love is dead. Dead? Imagine that. <laughs> love. Love. love is dead. Who died? Love is dead. Most chaotic recording ever. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's we should have had somebody who was stoned on this. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> One thing I will say about this Luthen and Saw scene in an effort to rein it back in. Wow. <laughs> do genuinely like that when Saw starts to get paranoid and starts to get a little freaked out about who do we know with the ISB and like what does Luthen tell him he's like tell him like basically calm down and focus like the man is spiraling into a panic attack and Luthen's mm-hmm. like you're having Chill a panic out. attack 
He yeah. got so paranoid. I was like, my baby boy's so paranoid. Somebody yeah, so traumatized. Paranoid. It's like when he talks to Jen, he's like, did you come here to kill me? He's like, he's just always <laughs> on it. He's always on it. Um, like, dude, you, need to take, you need to take an Ambien or something. I don't know. He's like, you are literally my second father. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. just, like, just want to know where my dad is. Like, they show up to talk to Saw, and they're like, hi, I came actively looking for you. Here's all this information I think would help. And he's like, lies. And I'm like, oh, my God. Lies. Deception. He's a dramatic boy. I love how Saw's, like, having this freak out that he thinks that Luthen is ISB. And Luthen's just like, would I have come here to tell you not to do this mission that the ISB would kill you on? Like, if I was ISB, wouldn't I want you dead? And like, exactly. so I was like, is that a fair question? And so I was like, who here is spying on me? I'm like, yeah, dude, chill. Take a few deep breaths, buddy. Take a few deep breaths. Yeah. Take your deep breaths while you can. Wow. Because, yeah. Maggie got canceled again for that. That was a good joke. Wow. As somebody who has chronic asthma, I can make jokes about not being able to breathe. Wow. All right. So, <laughs> final thoughts on Daughter of Ferrix. Well, loose interaction with the Empire. With this, oh my god, we didn't talk about that part. <laughs> him just because, ah, let's do some practice. Just, yeah, be knuckleheads. But yeah, it was, I love the ship, the whole craft. Somebody says this is better than the Razor Crest, and I agree. Norhal is canceled. The Razor, <laughs> Razor Crest is so much better. Razor Crest is not. The Razor Crest is duct tape Honda Civic from 1986. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Luthen's ship literally has an entire changing room where he does a persona. Like, you, and then you can't smiles. He pulled Hannah Montana. I do think that Luthen's ship is the coolest Holcroft that we have ever seen. Yep. In Star Wars, when it, I don't know what they're called, but I'm going to call them his little ship lightsabers <laughs> popped oh, out. Those, those beams. So cool. Where so amazing and the way he fried the tractor beam i love that i wish they didn't show that in a tv spot like they showed that in a tv spot like the first week the show was out i just want to say they've shown shown so much in the tv spots because every single week i go back through them after i've seen the episode and i pull screenshots from my reviews because i'm writing them a week ahead of time there is so much like yeah, so much from like, dying in there. There is so much from finale that is in the very first trailer. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, like, watch the first it's a trailer. good thing There's... because like it means they're not hiding a bunch of cameos that they're just gonna slap us in the face with, and they're not holding anything back. But then at the same time, you're, you're seeing things, so it's like. But then also, um, they did, despite the cameos in Book of Boba Fett, they did put a still from the Cad Bane fight in the trailer. The thing. Yeah, yeah. All I uh-huh. remember is that hasn't been seen so far is stuff on Finnick. Yeah. And especially the words of finale that seems that everything is convergent over Ferris. Yeah. So it makes sense. It's not like anything shocking. Like mm-hmm. we're shocked. Which like Actually it's on tattooing. They're gonna go with tattooing. No. No. Take Brad. that back. This and everywhere. Again. How many times is Brad gonna get cancelled tonight? Oh. Is that three or four? That's three times. Cass- Cassian's <laughs> like, wait, I got to make a pit stop on Tatooine. Yeah. And the woman that the woman's there, the young, younger version of her, that's the cameo. She's like, who are you? He's like, uh, what's his name in the prison? Cassian Skywalker. Cassian Skywalker. Okay. You know what? I'm wrapping this up. Final <laughs> no, thought. No, I'll cancel. No, I'll cancel. No, I'll cancel that bitch. You did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. 
<laughs> Not really. We What's all your have name? emo. Today. Emo who? B two emo. Me too. Me too. I'm emo. I'm emo Skywalker. <laughs> we are so Kylo Ren. Okay, can I just say I don't know if you guys know the TikToker Marin Kestis. She's the one who wrote the Raylo fanfic book Love and the Bylines. I know the book, but I don't know. The she character. made a really funny TikTok today that if Matt Healy, the musician, was in the Star Wars galaxy, that he would actually be Kylo Ren. And I have not stopped being able to think about it because he's a Nepo baby with like a complex relationship with both of his parents and has spiraled mm-hmm. out of control in recent years and is like pure chaos on stage. And he like breaks things. Very Kylo Ren. And I have oh. not stopped thinking about this. And I just felt like I needed to bring this to this very chaotic episode of Andor the Relentless. I forgot the name. <laughs> I was like, Daughter Suffering. I was like, what is the name of this episode? And then I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Andor the Relentless. Oh my God. I was going to say Nandor. And I was like, wow. Nandor, Chicken Nandor. <laughs> That's a different chaos thing oh we're gonna make funny jokes about cheeky nando nando nandor every time i hear leda's name i think of the pizza place around here that's called leto's pizza and every single time i want pizza i just felt like i needed to bring that which now that she's a mob wife it's very makes sense it makes sense that's their cover to be a pizza pizza mob wife yeah an italian hey come get your pizza i'm canceling you for that Brad simply because you sounded like John Mulaney. <laughs> oh my God. That's my pizza. So the tally for the end is Brad is the most canceled. Yeah. I'm going to say something else controversial. It's because I'm, I'm the guy here, honestly. <laughs> oh, oh, no, it's because I, I do. No, I'm saying it's true. Like, I, men mm-hmm. suck. I deserve it. But he did, Maggie. Okay. This is not more defense of Perrin. This is just me making a really bad joke because he's like the anti wife guy, probably because he's seen John Mulaney and Ned Fuller and was like, I'm not going to be one of them. But he still manages to be problematic. I know. Oh my God. He's like, I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to be worse. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe he used to be a wife guy and this is just what happens 15 years later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had to be like a. Husband at 14 or something. So it's got to take a toll on both of them. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Although, in fairness, I, it doesn't look like they had Lita right away because she's only 12. Yeah. No, I think they took yeah, her. They would be like in their mid 20s if that was the case. Or yeah. 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 I want to see the Star Wars spinoff series of their like youth. Or as an up and coming, it's a comic book or a book or something. Yeah, yeah, like her as an up and coming senator, and just like all of the turmoil of like having to be married to somebody that you don't really like, and then like her whole thing about they like she was still friends with Tay, obviously when they were teenagers, and then like they fell apart. So like that kind of like pining because we know she Mm -hmm. had somebody that she liked as a teenager that didn't work out. So it was definitely Tay. It was one hundred percent Tay. The one who got away. Tay Colma, more like Bay Colma. He's her Bay. <laughs> okay, that's another cancel point for me. Uh, <laughs> I think if any show gives us any books or comics, it's Andor because they don't care and they'll just write it and they'll be like, here, it's the story. This is it. We're not going to keep it secret under a hidden file locked in the vaults for like 10 years until, yeah. Anyways, write more books yeah. about these shows is my point, please. So final thoughts on Daughter, daughter of Paris? It was a, 
good episode and really looking forward to see the finale next week. Yeah, everyone's in agreement. They're all nodding. This is an audio format, so everybody nods. Everybody agrees. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I thought it was a great episode too. So, with that in mind, then Candace, where can everyone find you online? For now, if Twitter's not on fire, it's Candace is a geek, and that's also my Tumblr too. Which we found out lately that Tumblr was actually involved in the downfall of Twitter. Tumblr admitted it live. RZ, were you already on? I was there. I was there. Yeah. And I (laughs) on audio. I have the proof. Yeah, I need that for our YouTube. (laughs) Make a whole thing be like conspiracy time. But not. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully people understand parody. On that note. (laughs) On that in brackets, parody, so Elon doesn't get mad at us. Maggie, where can they find you? For now, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. If you feel so inclined to see me being really, really into Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, specifically Namor, you can follow me on Tumblr at the same URL, Maggie of the Town. And then I'm over on Instagram at the Maggie Love It. And I have a link tree in my bio and my Twitter. For now, it'll eventually migrate to my other socials as well. Okay, I'll, we will go down with the shift. So Twitter, see me at Norhal, but also Tumblr, same. Handle Instagram, you can find me at Norhal Music and TikTok's Nor.Hal. And Brad. You can find me on Twitter for now at Brad Whipple. I'm on a bunch of other social medias with all different handles, so it's not consistent because I'm chaos. And I host Friends of the Forest, so go listen to that if you have a chance. As for me, I'm on Twitter at Arzuameen. I'm on Tumblr and Instagram at Arzud2. I have a Mastodon account. I don't know how it works. But that's linked as a network. We are on Twitter for now at geeky underscore waffle. We are the geeky waffle everywhere else. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Tumblr. We are at thegeekywaffle.com, which they cannot take away from us. And that's where all of our shows, all of our posts, all of our everything goes. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. And that's where we have things like our waffles after dark. So thank you all so much for listening. We cannot wait for the finale on Tatooine. And may the waffles be with you.